Oh, we have to apologize to the people. We do. We lied. We are, we're a big bunch of liars here. Rude. So rude. We said last week we were going to do a certain topic, and we're like, yeah, this is exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> Whoops. We're not doing that this week. We'll do it, like, next week or something. Yeah. Uh, so, change of plans. Mm-hmm. I ended up binge-watching a certain anime series over the past week. Because, like, at one point, I was, like, awake when I shouldn't have been and trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I should, I'll, I'll start this show, because why not? And it's a show that you've talked about a lot. It is. One that you've enjoyed in your lifetime. It's one of the few times that it's gone the opposite direction of me recommending an anime to you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello. Welcome to... Hi. Episode 58 of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared. I'm old. That's Anladium. Hi, I'm also old. Well, I'm old now because I'm a year older. Yeah, you'll you'll be a year Well, by the time this comes out, you'll be yes. a year older. It'll be um, one day later. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm still older than you, though, by, like, two well, years? Yeah, we're not disputing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just trying to remember. It's two years, right? True. Okay. Anyway, we're both old now. Hello. Thanks, January, you big jerk. Welcome to the podcast with your favorite old old pals. I mean, to be fair, it's a good episode to talk about how old we are, <laughs> since we were just talking about the fact that like, I have a plushie from this anime from 13 years ago. That's 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 pretty much saying something there. Yeah. Oh, uh, We are going to talk about Chobits. Chobits. The series from Clamp that came out around the year 2000, <laughs> originally in Japan. And then the manga came out over here in like an 02 or something like that. I think that's what we decided. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anime started in 02 in Japan, came over here some probably sometime in like 03 or something in America. And Which, I, go ahead. No, you're fine, go. I was going to say for like backstory, um, I read the manga first. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it probably around 2003. I got the whole series and read through it and just loved it. And then had to go and obtain the anime somehow through the internet (laughs) when I was in high school. And I watched it. It was in Japanese because it had subs. Because I remember distinctly the pantsu part. Um, So I've, I've been a big, big fan of this series for a long time. It's a little bizarre. (laughs) So like, uh, so what yeah, exactly I mean, like drew you to this series? Because I guess like it's so, it's kind of like High School of the Dead, where it's like it's something I don't necessarily expect you to be like super into. Yeah, no, it it doesn't. I have weird anime taste, <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, and I like this for different reasons than I do High School of the Dead. Right. Um. For one, have you seen the manga art? Of like the covers, uh, yes, I've seen one because okay. it's on this Wikipedia page. <laughs> the art is adorable; like it's super freaking cute. And when I first moved from Tennessee to Florida, I didn't know a whole lot about anime and manga because I had just been video games up to that point. We didn't have that kind of stuff in my hometown because it's such a small town we had one store where you could buy video games but you didn't have any like anime you weren't watching Toonami or Fox Kids or Kids WB when they were airing all the anime apparently no no Um, like people were into Pokemon that's about it but once I moved to Florida and like I could go into a Barnes and Noble and there was just like massive manga sections I was Mm -hmm. like oh my god what is this I have to be into this and so like I I remember I went to a Barnes and Noble when I first moved to Florida and it was a weird situation because I was in high school and I had just like 
moved from a place where I lived my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to find something that would kind of like perk me up, make me happy, that kind of thing. Right. And I saw the cover of Chobits. I was like, this is super cute. And I have to read it. So then I got the first one and then I kept having to go back to Barnes and Noble and buy them, buy them, buy them, buy them, which keep in mind, I was buying these from Barnes and Noble. So I was paying a lot of money for these (laughs) um, when I was in high school. And so I read through the whole thing and I was just in love with it Um, because it does have like a love story to it, which I like. And it's it's got, uh, I was joking earlier with you. It's, it's soft sci-fi. Yeah. Um, but it also has some really interesting like moral dilemmas in it mm-hmm. that I enjoyed that you wouldn't expect for something like this. So um, I guess the the long and short of it is that I was initially drawn to it because it was cute. And I kept being into it because I felt like it had a lot more depth in the underpinnings of it. Mm-hmm than what you would expect for something like this. Also, I like love stories. <laughs> that's, that's that's a key component. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know, it, it's it's difficult to get me into series like anime and all that. And I wonder if it is because there was that 15 years where I had no exposure to it. Yeah, that's true because a lot of the stuff that was airing during the big boom of the early mm-hmm. 90s, early 2000s was more long form stuff. Yep. So stuff like on Toonami was like Sailor Moon, Gundam Wing, Dragon Ball Z, and those are all decently long shows. Like I mean, Gundam Wing's the, the shortest out of all them, but it, that's still like over fifty, like around fifty episodes. And like they would, they would also like throw in some like shorter series as well. Like I know for one, like Outlaw Star was one of the key ones that aired during that time, and that was around the twenty four, twenty five, twenty six episode range. Mm-hmm. But then, like, other stuff that was airing on, like, other networks, like Fox Kids had Digimon. That's a long-form series. Uh, Kids WB had Pokemon at the time. They also aired the weird edited version of Cardcaptor Sakura, which that's also, that's a long series as well. I mean, it's, it's 70 episodes, yeah. but even, like, the cut version of it was a little bit shorter. But still, that's longer-form versions of anime. So I think that that kind of does play into it, because if you would have been exposed to anime around that time like long series would just have been the norm because that's all they and showed this was like this was pretty much my first anime that i ever got into and then after that um adult swim started showing some anime and i think that was around college when they started doing adult swim i don't remember when it was adult swim but, was like um, i mean we can google it but i want to say it was like um, they first started because they first brought over i think I think Bebop was the first show that like, they they really. That's what I was gonna say is that Adult Bebop Swimming. was, and I think that was like o two o three. Okay, so like it the, that, that original been. original run, mm-hmm. because that because Bebop and Adult Swim basically replaced uh, Toonami's Midnight Run block, which was mm-hmm. where they would air like they aired Gundam Wing unedited during there because it was like they ran from like midnight to one a.m. and then they mm-hmm. would air like like more kind of more stuff that they couldn't show during the afternoon essentially and then that basically led it to them making adult swim yeah so i remember that i watched um bebop on adult swim and then i i got into i i mentioned this inuyasha and i got into um case closed which i'd never finished that because it's too dang and it's still going (laughs) um yeah it's it's okay adult swim launched 2001 Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that's that was really my first time that I got real exposed to anime was like Bebop and Yasha, um, Case Closed, and then Chobits was the one that I found on my own. Right. So um, I have I have a really interesting history with anime and manga, and this is where it starts. That's true. <laughs> and I. I, I Honestly, I think that's probably part of why it, like it has such a special place to me. Yeah. Because it was my first. It's I mean, it, that's kind of how it is for me. Like it's why all of those shows that I watched, you know, back around that boom period, I like I have fond memories for. Cuz like mm-hmm. even though like if I go back to them today and like they're ne- not necessarily as good as they were per se or like as good as I remember them, like even still like I'm like, okay, yeah. I understand this thing has flaws and rightfully so. 
but you know it's something I grew up with yeah and I mean I'm not gonna say that Chobits has no flaws because it has flaws but (laughs) I still I watched it last year at one point and I still enjoyed it quite a bit um, I haven't read it in years, but I watched the dub last year um, because I had seen the subs before. Was that the first time you'd seen the dub? Mm-hmm. Huh. Anyway, I guess that's the history of like why I got into Chobits and why I like it so much. And I, I told you like the first time I ever went to an anime convention, the first thing I ever bought was a chi plushie. Because so. why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty telling that I bought a cheap plushie and a Riku <laughs> keychain. Like, <laughs> that was my my nerdity at that point. It's a shame that, like, this didn't, like, get you into all the other Clamp series, so you could get weirdly into, like, the Clamp extended universe where, like, there's one, or there's, like, a couple series where, like, they just cross over a bunch. Yeah, apparently this is, like, in the same universe as one other one. Yeah. But then so, there's like uh, there's like two other shows where like they basically just pick and pluck characters from like other series and throw them into like this new series, but like with like different backstories and stuff. It's weird. Whoa, clamp clamp's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I always make fun of clamp legs, which is kind of it's kind of weird because like that's there like, are no clamp legs. In that's there. a thing, but like there really isn't a lot of that necessarily. Kind of like stereotype in this there's not there there are no clamp legs even though this is the same like production studio that made card captor sakura mm-hmm. which that that has some egregious clamp legs in it let's just say <laughs> but then this is like it doesn't i think there's like maybe a few times here and there where it looks a little weird yeah but for the most part it doesn't I don't, it's not really kind of there so that was kind of like one of the big things that i think surprised me out of it <laughs> that it wasn't just clamp legs everywhere it wasn't and even in general like even though this is the same like uh production studio the same you know group that wrote the manga like if you put this next to like card capture sakura the original series they don't really necessarily look that similar Mm-mm. which i think is actually kind of a testament to like clamp's abilities that they're able to make series that differentiate themselves even though like the manga like the cover of the manga looks it looks like something you would find like that those look similar but i think madhouse did a good job of like kind of making both of these shows even though it's the same people behind them making Mm -hmm. them different enough so it wouldn't just be like oh well that's just a copycat of this other series and all that stuff which is good yeah versatile being versatile is a good thing yeah it's true so I guess for me, like, I really didn't have much idea of, like, what Chobits was <laughs> until you showed me the opening once. Like, that was my oh. experience with it. Because <laughs> it has, like, the greatest anime opening of all time. It's in my opinion. good. Um, it's so catchy. Okay, that's maybe a lie because Tank is really good. but um... <laughs> It's very catchy. You're right. It's so catchy. And I love it. And it's cute. And it's pastel-y. And... It's romantic. I love it. And then, like, after we saw the the Game Boy Advance make of it, mm-hmm. I'm sure it caught your attention as well. Yeah. But even then, like, I... So I'd seen the opening. I'd seen the GBA game and, like, the mm-hmm. opening of that. And, like, I even played through, like, a little bit of that GBA game, even though it's all Japanese. Yeah. I still really had no idea what Chobits was. It's fair. I mean, like... Just in general, looking at like the media of Chobits, you wouldn't know what it is, right? Um, because it does Chobits doesn't tell you anything. Like the name tells you nothing about what you're getting into. Mm-mm. Um, even like the covers of the manga tell you nothing of what you're getting into. The anime covers don't tell you anything. Like you just see it's a cute girl. The opening kind of like hints at like oh maybe there's a love story here or something like that. But yeah, other than that, it's still just like well. What exactly is going to? What exactly is the show? Mm-hmm. Which I found really interesting because, like, usually you know, something's going to tip you off of like, okay, here's what this show is actually going to kind of be about. But somehow I had remained like just unaware 
for the entirety that I had known about this series until watching yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't really even tell you, like, oh, hey, this is what you're getting into. No. Like, I, I just always told you, like, oh, I love Chobits. I got into it. Like, I want you to get into it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't tell you that it was like again, love story, soft sci fi. Robots. 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 Thanks for your drama. <laughs> so I think that was kinda of like the big surprise was like, oh, there's all these like Android type computer things that look like humans. Mm-hmm. And this is where the future has led us to where like, oh, we have computers, but like they just look like people. Yep. And that's where we are. And everyone's just real excited to check their email. Yeah, everybody's real excited about their email. <laughs> it's very, like, very early 2000s of, like, that type of, like, internet type things. Like, oh, man, can't wait to go check my email. Can't wait to go get <laughs> on some bulletin boards. <laughs> it's like, man. Just, just imagine showing this series to someone who was, like, born in this decade. Oh, yeah. It and then be being really like, what is, things. what? Why are they excited? Why are they to check, so excited? Why are they excited about to check their email? <laughs> <laughs> now that would be that's the true test. God. Well, and also like internet porn is a big deal. Apparently Hideki just doesn't understand how to put his porn away because it's always out in his room. Yeah, it is. Like constantly. Like what is. is that dude doing? <laughs> well, well, uh, well, you don't want to know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, and his neighbor is also super into it. But he's like, he never is like, it's just always out there. He never puts it away. Like every episode, they're just like, oh, Hideki found his, his left his porn mag out. It's like, good lord, dude. I mean, maybe just because he like lives by himself. He's like, yeah, I don't even have to put it. I mean, lives by himself relatively. Um, he doesn't live with his parents or a roommate, so he can be like, eh, whatever, it's it's mine. But he still gets embarrassed when, like, she picks up, picks him up. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yucky's yummies. It's a weird dude. Yeah, he, he, but, like, that's one of the first things. He's like, I want to look at internet porn. <laughs> okay. You do you, son. He can't Whatever. wait to download a still image at 56 kilobytes a second. Man, the internet was a wild, wild <laughs> time back then. Boy, was it. Oh, my goodness. That and, like, the weird MMO that you get in here. That thing's, yeah. That thing's a yeah. little bit ahead of its time. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. But the the emails and all was... It was a thing. And just use your RGB cables to hook it up to your big old TV. <laughs> I remember you texted me with RGB cables. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, advanced technology with uh, modern 2000s cables. I mean, that was that. those were the cables. Oh, I know they were. I mean, nobody, like, really expected an HDMI cable to ever appear, and, like, their TVs wouldn't have handled it anyway. No. So, um, but yeah, so we have little, little androids of varying sizes that help us out in everyday life, and Hideki really, really wants one. I, I really hope that once Clamp's done with the uh, card, uh, card capture soccer clear card arc, that they go mm-hmm. back to, they go back to Chobits and just make a new series that picks up right where this series leaves off but all of like the persicoms and all the technology has been updated to like 2018 standards and there's just no explanation like it is in in ccs clear card that'd be awesome it's like oh she has an hdmi cable now (laughs) (laughs) she can pick up (laughs) wi-fi that's 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 what they need to do because it would be so funny It would be really, really funny. I'd appreciate it. I'd watch a new one if they put out a new one. Of course you would. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. It's me. So going back kind of like to expectations, and we were talking about Mm -hmm. how I didn't know a lot about this show. Mm -hmm. Boy, the first half of the show does not like clue you in at all or like prepare you for like the latter half of the season. Oh, no, because the first half is essentially like, hey, let's make Chi function as like a somewhat person. It's like a slice of life rom-com, essentially. It is. Yeah. Because like, because like I, I got around to like the halfway point. I was like, 
what exactly is going to be the crux of this show? Because like it was it was me kind of like trying to process like what makes Owl like this so much? Because it's like it's, <laughs> I mean, it's fine, but like there's not a lot of happening over the like the last twelve episodes. Like something has to transpire, right? <laughs> I did give you the one expectation of you are going to want to punch Hideki a lot. Yeah. I feel like that's that's basically yeah. him in the first half. Like he gets kind of better as the series progresses, thankfully. He does. But yeah, those first couple of episodes, it's just like, oh boy, buddy. Buddy. Yeah. Stop thinking with your yeah. brain down there. Think with your brain up here. Yeah. <laughs> he gets better. But um yeah, it it's it's a whole lot of like slice of life chi learning how to do things. Yeah. Um it really doesn't prepare you for the latter half of the anime <laughs> or the manga, really. But also, it's just like there are a few hints every once in a while. Yeah, like I think looking back, you you could kind of probably piece things together. But like all mm-hmm. of it is just like okay, you know, there's a mystery around like what she is. So obviously, that's going to get addressed at some point. Yeah. But it's not in the way. Excuse me, not in the way that you really think would it, it would end up. Mm-mm. Because even like the the last half of the season is like, you know, there's these two mysterious characters that just look like they came straight out of like some cyberpunk thing. <laughs> it's so weird. And you expect like them to have like this huge blow off at the very end of the show. But like they kind of just show up, try to do their thing and then stop and then just leave. <laughs> yeah. Like they're really not that important in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they work for the government. so I mean, yeah, but like they really don't. They kind of do something, but really not. They they don't have as much influence over the plot as a lot of other characters do, right? And like, even though you think that they will, yeah, exactly, because like they keep building them up and teasing them, but like once they actually go into motion, it's like, yeah, we really didn't have much to do here. Whatever, <laughs> we're gone. So like that was real strange and unexpected. Like not something I was thinking was going to to happen. Essentially. Because I thought, like, they were going to have, like, some big blow-off where, like, they're going to take Chi, and it's going to be this whole thing again. But just, nah. That doesn't happen. Nah. I guess, I mean, they already, they literally just had, like, another kidnapping angle, like, a few episodes prior to this, so that, that probably would have been just retreading old territory yet again, so. I also love that, like, when you first meet Hideki, he's like, all I want out of life is a Persicom. And then, like, through a series of crazy events, he ends up with, like, three. Yeah. <laughs> That was the funny part. Like, <laughs> at the very end, is like, oh, he just he just randomly has these three now. Yeah, like he he goes from like zero to hero real quick in terms of owning Persicom. So <laughs> he's got two um, mobile ones for whatever reason. Yeah, he, he's basically just like, kind of like borrowing. I mean, Sumomo is like officially no, actually, both of them are signed over to him as like the legal owner well like i mean the sumomo is yeah i can see that because like he inputs a password or anything but the other one he basically is like i'm bait i'm borrowing this so like you don't do anything but then that's yeah. just it <laughs> yeah i don't think that he can actually like i guess he could give it back but it's kind of like that dude's kind of just a creepo anyway so yeah 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 just just keep it Hideki. forget him you're kind of creepy too but at the same time you're better <laughs> less than that creepy guy. yeah I mean, the Sumomo thing makes sense since, um, what's his face? His neighbor. What's mm. his name? Mm. Shinbo. Neighbor. Shinbo is off banging the teacher, so the teacher doesn't like Persicoms. <laughs> yeah. So that w- that's a big thing. It makes sense why, like, why he just randomly starts accruing Persicoms. <laughs> I just always thought that was funny. He's like, I'm poor and I can't afford one. I'm never going to have one. I have three now. <laughs> I have all of these. Help. Send help. And he's got like the tiniest apartment, so I don't know why, like where he'd keep them all and what they would do. I mean, at least like two of them are, are mobile units, so like it's not like he has three full-sized ones. Imagine all the emails he could check. Oh, man. He can check all the emails, even though he doesn't understand how to check email probably still. <laughs> Like, I wonder, like, okay, like, what does he even do with them? Oh, I don't know. They're just there. I mean, he doesn't really have any other friends, so. That, yeah, true. 
I guess he could be friends with him since his only friend ran away. Ran away to bang a teacher. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the end of that episode where you see Shinbo and like the teacher just like embracing. <laughs> I, I texted you. So does that mean his neighbor's going to go f*** his teacher now? <laughs> <laughs> Lo and yep. behold, yep, that's the case. <laughs> As you do. Actually, don't do that. Don't bang your teachers. That's a terrible, terrible idea. I mean, at least this this is less gross than a lot of those types of stories go in anime. Because at yeah, least, they're both adults. Yeah, at least they're adults. But <laughs> still, it's so weird. Yeah, it... Because this comes kind of, like, out of the blue. <laughs> but even then, like, I'm technically a teacher, and I would never bang a student. True. Do you see that? If that happens, the cops are going to come after you. <laughs> um, it's just inappropriate and huge, huge breach, breach of ethics. True. So, true, 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 uh, true, true. Issues. Don't do that. The, anyway, he did that. <laughs> the one the, the one that is kind of creepy, though, is the baker dude and the other girl. Ugh, Yumi. That's inappropriate. Yeah. Because the baker Yumi. dude's in, like, his mid-20s and Yubi's someone, like, high school. And it's oh, like... he's not even in his mid-20s. He's 39. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I guess I just say he's 39. <laughs> he's 39, and she's 17. <sighs> it wouldn't be a clamp story without some weird, super-aged romance. Yeah, it's gross, and I always felt that was really inappropriate. It's at least this isn't like the card capture soccer one, where it's like here's a teacher and an elementary school student getting together. Ah! Which thankfully, that's something that like the anime was like, yeah, f- that we're not putting that in. <laughs> Get that yeah, out of here. Ew. ew. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, don't do that. No. Ugh. Um. Yeah, age is a weird thing in this because like. I don't know why they changed Hideki in the anime to be 18 as opposed to 19, other than to make him, like, less of a... I don't want to say he's a loser. I guess maybe that would case. be why. Be like, oh, um, here's this, instead of it being like, oh, it's a 19-year-old who has to go to prep school to prepare for college. If it's an 18-year-old, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, um, but I mean, like, the whole point of it is that, like, Hideki's, like, a year behind and trying really hard to get into the college that he wants to go to and that I mean people in society kind of view him negatively yeah because he's kind of like just like pro- he he doesn't have he doesn't have a lot of common sense yeah so I mean that's that's kind of like the point of like him being 19 and a year you're behind so I don't know why they changed that but they did so yeah, he's, he's 18 now as opposed to 19 it's a weird change but yeah, 39 and 17, they didn't feel the need to change for some reason. X that out. Yeah. Ugh, it's grody, grody, grody. Don't do that. <laughs> grody. Yeah, don't don't bang 39-year-olds when you're 17. Also, don't bang your teacher. Just don't. Um, I guess bang your robot. I don't know. <laughs> it's the key to the story. Just, just bang your robot. Whatevs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to think about, like, if he decided Samoa was a good... Ugh. Never mind, I'm just going to stop that sentence right there. <laughs> going down a dark path. It is a very dark path. Um, Which brings up a good point, though. Like, there is a lot of questions about, like, the humanity of androids in this, and I, I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, because it's a lot of, like, okay, well... Where do you draw the line between relationships with the humans and Persicoms, essentially? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it continuously comes up of, like, what are the ethics of these kinds of relationships? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, like, a husband cheating on a wife with a Persicom or a baker having a relationship with a Persicom and then, like, Somebody else comes along later, and can she live up to that Persicom? And or recreating your sister as a Persicom. Yeah, I mean, there it, there's a lot of morality and ethics of of the Persicom android type scenarios, and I, I thought that was a really fascinating part of this story was just like how they handled 
the humanity of these characters. Especially because it's something that they could easily just gloss over. Yeah, oh, easily. And, like, the cops are just going to come after you. Like, if we said, remember, <laughs> don't have bad <laughs> relationships. Make... Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's something that they could just be like, well, yeah, whatever. We don't have to go that far into it. But, like, they do. And it's it's fascinating that they actually they do because it kind of really puts in the question of, like, you know, where where exactly is, is humanity at now? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, just having human-to-human relations or do we extend that further out now? Do we include these new androids as like, do they have humanity and all this sort of stuff? Can they have these relationships with, with people and all that sort of jazz? Well, and even like one of the big questions of the relationships um, is kind of like cheese existence, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess we don't really need a spoiler alert because this is old as f- It's almost 15 years old, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Freya had some feelings for what they consider her dad because he made her and then she couldn't be with him because she understood that he was happy with his wife, her mom. Like, that's a big crux of, like, the story in and of itself. And then... Freya is always trying to make sure that Chi finds somebody that will make her happy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a big issue throughout it. Like, how how human are these Persicums? What kind of feelings are they allowed to have? What is their, like, are things always programmed? Or is there some kind of free will? Which is something they even, like, address pretty early on. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, okay, they have, okay, it's like, well... You know, it looks like they have free will, but that could just be something that was programmed into them or a program that was bought and put into and they they run. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily actual free will. It's just it makes it seem like they have free will. And I thought that was like really interesting that like they even addressed that very early in the series. But of I mean, course, that's... like it sets up basically, you know, the rest of what's going to happen. Right. Um. One of the first times they bring that up was with, uh, what's his name, M, the the small boy with his Minoru. sister, yeah, Monaro, yeah. Um, isn't that one of the first times that it really comes up is with him? Yeah, because he's I think so, he's the one that basically explains that. Yeah, which I mean, of course they'll throw that out there and then like, oh, that's why that was important, but. I don't know. I think it's really fascinating because I feel like there would be like a moral conundrum of like if this Persicom is programmed to love this person, like is is it actually ethical to have a relationship with them? Right. Because it's kind of like they have to. They don't have a choice. Yeah. And that's like the but, that's the big conundrum with with Chi is like they don't know exactly what she has. And I feel like it, it would be somewhat. Not even somewhat. It would be uncomfortable if you have this Persicom who essentially can't function as a person because they don't have whatever internal programs they need and you're having to teach them everything. They rely on you for everything. Like, is that an ethical relationship to have? Mm -hmm. But then it turns out that it actually is an ethical relationship because she does have free will. Yeah. She just has to remember everything. That's the hard thing. You just gotta get a bunch of new like story picture books. The picture books. I love the picture books. I think they're super cute. That's a twist I was not expecting. <laughs> I remember I got the text message telling me you're like, what? Because they basically make the, the manager of the apartment complex just like you think she's just like this very kind of just like one-off side character. She's like, oh, she's there because yeah. she's the apartment complex manager. And then it's like, <laughs> she just has like this whole other thing going on. She's the actual, she's like the wife of the creator of, of Chi and Freya. And it's yep. like, it just goes crazy from there. I think that's really clever though, that they like, she's one of the first characters you meet. Yeah. And 
you always think that she's just going to be like, oh, okay, she's uh, the manager. She'll show up. And it's like, nope, she's majorly important. She's got her weird base of operations under her apartments. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the little pink bunny. Is it Atashi? Is that the name of the pink bunny? I don't remember if it got a name. I think it has a name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I always thought it was a really cute character, like the little bunny mm-hmm. critter. Um, but yeah, it, it was always really convenient. She's like, hey, I want to read this picture book. They keep coming out with the picture books. <laughs> they just keep coming out. It's real strange. <laughs> this really relates to the story. Huh? I wonder why. The the best part is like when, when the manager just like drops the last one off. She's like places it on the door and then just like mm-hmm. runs around and hides behind the corner so that she doesn't see her. <laughs> I was like, wow. There was one point that like when I think it was it was when she was getting kidnapped mm-hmm. and she was like watching it all go down because like there was the parallel happening then where it was like where she was watching everything and then like the the cyberpunk folks were watching it happen and she kept on saying like oh I, I wish I could do something but my promise to my husband I couldn't do anything I was like yo f- f- your promise just f- do something <laughs> <laughs> go help yeah it was like I was like why the f- are you just like bound by this and like obviously like it makes more sense like when the reveal happens but like because yeah. like then you just don't know exactly like how she's involved i was like why are you just like pressuring yourself and forcing yourself to be shackled by this promise thing like just go do something you can do that <laughs> you're able to do that nope no but i mean at least like it makes sense like after after you understand like exactly who she is, like why she would kind of try to be like hands offish. Yeah, it does make sense once you figure out why. But at that moment, it's really frustrating. Yeah, that's pretty much where I was getting at. I was like, oh, <laughs> do something, please. But yeah, like it's it's so that last half of that season is just so strange. Because it really, it's just like one thing after another of things like you're like, wait, that, what, 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 what? <laughs> and that's why I like it. Yeah. I can, um, I can completely see that. Yeah. It goes places. And, and as I mentioned before, like it does have really problematic thing, uh, really problematic things. Um, in particular, like her on button. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Mm-mm. That was something I texted you like immediately after. I was like, oh, uh, what? Yeah. And like, it's in the manga that that's her on button. I'm like, really? Really? Can we not? Why would you put And then, like, there? I don't know. Especially, like, I told you how problematic it is once you actually realize who built her as well. Right. Like, ugh. Ugh. Because, like, he, she's built to be, like, his child. Yeah. like, And, like, that's where you put it? That's real gross. Yeah, like, put it on her back or something, man. Because, like, all the other ones have, like, normal looking or, like, normal places they would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one issue I had. And then, like, obviously I... I have a few issues with like Hideki's real weird porn obsession. Like it's funny a few times and then afterwards you're like, all right. They really beat you over the head with it. He likes porn. Like repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. It it gets old real quick. Um, and then like the peep show is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird how they, they, they basically do the same type of like, she gets kidnapped by shady individual story twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the one time she was trying really hard to help Hideki, which I think is supposed to show that she's starting to care for him. I mean, yeah. But it, it just comes across as weird. But also it's like both instances, it's she gets kidnapped and then she transforms yeah. into her like awakened state or whatever. So it's like you're essentially getting the same story beat twice yeah 
just in but different contexts. But the second contexts. time, you get a new Persicom. Yay. <laughs> I get to add to my collection. Yay. <laughs> She's cute, though. The new one. Yeah. She doesn't she put, she doesn't put up with Momo. No. No, no fun zone. <laughs> oh man. Um one of my favorite things about this anime though is the outfits that she gets to wear. Mm-hmm. They're all so cute. All of them. <laughs> I love them. Owl loves outfits. <laughs> I do. I love it when they're cute outfits and like I feel like if I had money and time, it would be something that I would totally a thousand percent cosplay <laughs> one of these outfits but i don't have money nor time so can i tell you my weird theory i thought was going to happen for the show oh i'd love to hear it so one of the weird things i noticed is that like everyone has the same eye like eye design like mm-hmm. they all have like huge pupils mm-hmm. except for hideki hmm and I think like I, this, the the one thing that breaks this is that like I think the creeper guy has the same like small iris design, so that like that basically null and voids this. But I thought like the the twist was going to be that like either Hideki was really the Persicom and he was the only one, or like he was the only human left in society that had been taken over by Persicoms. Oh, sugar! That would have been a really intense twist because i thought it was weird that like everyone had the same eye design even like there was like actual people and persicoms but he was the only one that didn't yeah huh but it obviously it didn't go that way but like yeah like i said like the the creeper dude i think has like a similar look so like it that breaks that that idea but it's an interesting thing because i guess there's real no reason like why he, he would be different looking compared to everyone else but eh. yeah i don't know Maybe because he's a country boy. <laughs> Out in the country, they got small irises in their eyes. You know, maybe that's another reason why I like this. Because I had just moved from like a really rural area to like Orlando, Florida. It would be a lot really, it, or it would be very relatable. It would be. Well, personally. Maybe that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't obsessed with porn, but. <laughs> you weren't like, oh boy, I can't wait to get the internet for internet pornography. No, I I was pretty excited about email, but I'd also had um, a computer since I was like mid nineties with AOL and all that, so it wasn't that new to me. Right. But the internet was much better in Florida than it was in Tennessee. True. So that was exciting. True, true, true. Um, but but it, it had the same kind of like fish out of water for both Hideki and Chi. Like they were both fish out of water, and so that was. Relatable. So since like we know exactly kind of like who had orchestrated Hideki and Chi coming together, does that mean like obviously the apartment manager gets Hideki to come to the apartment? Mm-hmm. Does that also mean she just randomly dumped Chi in front of like a bunch of trash <laughs> trash bags so he would notice it? That's a good question because. You know, she does have the disc that falls out, too, so... Which they never address. Yeah. At all. (laughs) I mean, maybe it was, like, her functionality so that she could say more than she, but... um, That's basically what I thought it would be, but they never bring it up after... Like, it shows that happened, but then they never talk about it. Because essentially, like, what happens is when she takes on the memories of Freya, like, she gets wiped. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if, like, that disc was some way to, like, unwipe her. I don't know. Or just, like, or like you said, just give her a little bit more functionality than just, yeah. gee, 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 gee. Also, how did the apartment, how did the apartment manager get her, would have got her there? Because, like, when. She's heavy. Yeah, she's very heavy when she's, like, turned off. I don't know. Maybe she had like a dolly. <laughs> Hang on, just carrying this dolly with this person. I'm going to dump this here in front of this random person's house. Yeah, and like, why is she not dressed? Like that was essentially your daughter. You just like 
wrap her in toilet paper and drop her in the trash. You're like, really banking on this like weird or this new dude who come and comes into your apartment complex being the guy who's going to really help her. Yeah, I mean it, it's, it's a real big roll of the dice. <laughs> I just keep thinking of like dumpster baby from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like <laughs> she's essentially dumpster baby. Oh my god. Oh man. Yeah, I mean it, it's. I guess suspension of belief type scenario. I guess, yeah, but, but it's 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 like a weird little plot hole that you're just like, huh, huh. Well, and it's interesting because not only is the manager trying to get them together, but like internally, Freya is also trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you have like basically her entire family. Like, hey, you see this guy? He'd be good for you. Maybe you should date him. That'd be great. Hey, hey, you see that guy? You see him? <laughs> You live with him. What if he maybe, was the maybe, one for you? Maybe that one. Uh-huh, look at him. Isn't he cute? So, I mean, <laughs> it's like a weird kind of like uh, matchmaking service. It's true. <laughs> like, we chose this one for you. He's kind of a loser. He barely has a job. But... Could do worse. Maybe that one. He's cute. <laughs> Let's come on. He lives in the apartment complex. He's close. Doesn't have a person calm. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> her family clearly has high standards for her. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Hideki like really does. He cares for. True. I mean, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Once he like gets over the creeperness, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Just trying to piece all that together. Yeah, so I mean, like there are problems, as I've said, but I mean, still, even after watching it last year, like I felt like it really held up pretty well, especially for a show from that era. Because yeah. I mean, we talk about, like, the, the the late 90s, early 2000s is, like, a boom period for here, but, like, you don't hear much talk about a lot of, like, good quote-unquote good series coming from the early 2000s that aired originally in the early 2000s in Japan. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of that stuff wasn't really going to be coming over here, and even if it was, it was, like, that was after anime had kind of, like, started to die out. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't going to get as much, like, you know, prominent feature on television or anything like that, so a lot of this was just going to just be left by the wayside. So it's cool. Like there's still like, you know, I guess kind of hidden gems quote unquote out there that from this era and from just like the two thousands in general that you can look at and be like, okay, this still actually holds up in ways that might not really someone would expect. So I'm interested though, um, because obviously you didn't have the same kind of like, back then experience with it as I had. Mm-hmm. And you're also somebody who watches way more anime than I do. Mm-hmm. Like, what what did you feel after coming out of this? I mean, I liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. Like, especially, I think, going into it without, like, a lot of expectations, per mm-hmm. se. Like, I mean, I knew, I knew you liked it, so, like, I figured, like, obviously, if you like it, I mean, it's going to be good. But... I mean, you say that, but I also made you watch High School of the Dead. I mean, so. that was fun. It was fun. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I didn't know, like, a lot going into it, so that kind of helped. But I think, like, what we were just saying, like, it it's something, you know, it, it shows its age a lot, specifically, like, yeah. with the terms of technology and just, like, how early 2000s internet-y it feels like in terms of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But... A lot of the, the 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 themes and motifs of the show, I think, still hold up in ways that even shows from maybe like five years ago might not. Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely a a thing that really helps the show out. Even though, like, I think like the last half of the the latter half of the show is like real weird and goes in a lot of different places that I'm not expecting. Like, I think that helps it too because it doesn't necessarily fall into a lot of like similar tropes. Like, it Mm kind of leads you in those directions, but it starts to subvert them in ways that you're not expecting. And I think that that's a, that's always a good thing. I agree with you. It's always really, really good when 
She was like, you think we're going to go this way, but we're going to go that way. And also we're going to take a left turn <laughs> and then we're going to go straight up. It did like, I think in the end, like it reminds me a lot of the show that aired uh, a few years ago called Plastic Memories. And like the premise is kind of similar where it's like, it's more like in the future, but mm-hmm. there are, there's humans. And then like, there's these, these androids, I think they call them like Giftia in that series. And I think the point of like plastic memories is that like these like androids are like there to help people out, but like they have like a a very specific time limit on them. So I think they can only last for like nine years or something like that. And like once they enter into like that final phase of their life, like there's a chance that they'll just start, start going rampant. And the series basically revolves around like this, this group of like a government office that has to go and like get them before they turn rampant and start like trying to kill people. It sounds like Blade Runner. I mean, I haven't watched Blade Runner, so. Oh. That's fine, whatever. But like, <laughs> but it also deals with like the uh, like kind of like those 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 uh, questions of humanity that we were talking about earlier with this show, because a lot of this is like people having to come to terms with like, oh well, this person that I know is about to technically like they're not they're not necessarily a person but they're about to die and like even if like we rebooted them and got like a new version of them like all their memories of us are going to be gone and all that sort of stuff so like yeah i think that the baker's wife story is like one of the most tragic yeah and that's kind of like even though i think he's weird i think that's kind of like similar to what this show was and like there's also like in this in plastic memories is like there's the main character starts to have like feelings for the the giftia that he's like teamed up with that he works with Mm -hmm. and like the big twist of this is like oh she's also entering into like the final stages of her life oh so yeah it's a very sad show (laughs) i think it's the crux of it but it does i think it did have like a lot of similar themes and it really reminded me of that show which like i really enjoyed that show when i watched it like a few years back so like that's that's a pretty big like i think that's a compliment to to chobits essentially i wonder if it was inspired by it at all I wonder, because there is there is quite you know similar themes and everything, but I think that show was like an original story in and of itself. Like there wasn't a manga oh, okay. or anything equivalent that they based it off of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, something that reminded me of. Hmm. Now we got to go back and watch that the prequel show, the Cho Bits, and see all the characters that we never saw in Cho Bits. There's a prequel. There's like a, there was a show that's like in the same universe that takes place before Cho Bits. Huh, I've never heard of that. It's called Angelic Layer. And I think like I saw like that um the uh the smart kid, which I'm blanking on his name. Him? Minoru, like his sister's in that show. Oh, okay. And the husband's the in husband's that show, in right? the show as well, yeah. And it's like I guess like similar things like here's humans and robots or androids or whatever working together and all that sort of stuff. And one thing that I thought was really fascinating about this show, and I mentioned it right before we started recording, is that, like, essentially Freya commits, like, android suicide. Yeah. And, like, that's a really interesting concept that an android could be like, I am so miserable that I just have to get out of this. Like, that's a really weird thing that you never hear of when it comes to this kind of story. Because, like, it comes down back to what we talked about earlier. is like, are they programmed to think that? Or is this free will? Yeah. And, like, yeah, like you said, like, you don't really hear a lot of, like, oh, we have this robots or androids or cyborgs story, and here we're going to talk about them maybe possibly wanting to commit suicide. Yeah, because usually when you hear about, like, violent tendencies of, like, cyborgs or androids, it's like, are they going to hurt other humans? Mm-hmm. But this is not that. It's that they have enough emotion that they can feel essentially depressed to the point of suicide. Like that's intense. Yeah. It's not something you're basically expecting from like from this this form of media or like this genre. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, especially like I said, if you look at the cover of the manga, you're like, oh, it's so cute, and then like it hits you with stuff like that. You're like, oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to sit down and think about this for like 30 minutes. Take a quick break between episodes. Have a nice think. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it hits you some with some pretty intense things, and it's not what you'd expect. It's a good thing. Especially when it starts out with, like, Hideki on a farm with a cow. Yeah, <laughs> that really doesn't really set you up for anything. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it's a cute cow. I don't even like cows. It's a cute cow. It really makes me want to go and check out that, that GBA game and at least see, like, what it does i know and i know it's a visual novel and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff but like just to see like if it does anything different with the story or whatnot i mean i'd play it if i could understand japanese well yeah i wonder if there's a fan translation i don't think there is bummer somebody who knows japanese go make a fan (laughs) translation so i can play this because there's the gba game and there's also a ps2 game what yeah japan's holding out on me the PS2 game is called Chobits Chi Dake no Hito. What does that mean? Dake no Hito. I don't uh, know what that means. Let's check. Dake no Hito. That just brings <laughs> that just brings up the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess the 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 GBA game is called Chobits Atashi Dake no Hito. Uh, Japanese to English. Which I misspelled both of those. <laughs> nice. Just Is a person. D- you're just a person is what my uh, Google Translate app says. So, huh. So I wonder if they're like they're both similar, even though they, they were developed by two different teams. Maybe. One was Marvelous, the other was Broccoli. <laughs> broccoli? Broccoli. Oh, my God. <laughs> broccoli. How would you name your team Broccoli. I mean, you got to live with that for the rest of your life. Like, I worked on a game, and I was with a company called Broccoli. The company derived its president's desire to create a memorable name similar to that of Apple. While trying to imagine of another fruit or vegetable, he arrived at Broccoli. Oh, my God. This coincidentally has the same name in nearly every language. So, I guess that... Broccoli does? I guess so. Wow. That would be pretty beneficial, then. Yeah, it is, but it's really funny that Broccoli... broccoli. In 2003, I mean, I like, Broccoli released the PlayStation 2 game. I really like Broccoli, but it's just so funny. Ah, broccoli. broccoli. Did they do anything else after that? Uh, it says like they're kind of like a multimedia type thing, like a media company. They publish manga, anime, video games, and trading cards. Oh, okay. Broccoli. Broccoli. Also, there was a PC game. What? A, a kind of a game. It's called Communication Game. The player can talk with Chi and teach her to speak. It also contains some small games inside, such as a keyboard typing game. It used Macromedia oh. and QuickTime as the background support. So you know it totally would work today. Yeah. Wow. So it's like a typing simulator, or a typing, learn to type thing. I guess, and also you teach Chi to type, to talk, talk, not type. Talk type. What was that typing thing that I used in school? Mavis, Mavis Beacon. Mavis Beacon, yeah. I had to have like the little silicone thing that they put over the keys so you wouldn't look at the keys. My school had like a box they would put over your hands in the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have been way more into that if there was like a cheat game. But I was way small when I was learning how to do this, so that didn't exist yet. So I had Mavis Beacon. Unless you were starting to type in 2002. No, no. This was early 90s. Also, I learned how to type on a typewriter, so. Well, aren't you cool? I know, right? For our younger audience, uh, a typewriter is a kind of like a computer. It has a giant keyboard, but you put in paper, and you type, and there's ink in there, and the the letters correspond onto there, so it basically types out what you're typing, and you instantly have results. It's like one of the greatest feelings ever to like press a button and it hits that hammer on there and prints something on paper. It's great. But if you make a typo, you're screwed. Yes, that's also true. Mm-hmm. No backspace here. That's how I learned how to type. I feel like my school was like way past typewriters at that point. It was like, eh. I didn't learn how to type at school. I learned how to type at home. I, that, that, I learned how to type at school. Mm-mm. Also, I was like in the, like the, they were like, Here's this like cool little class I would meet sometimes in elementary school about computers. You get to go to that. And I was like, yeah. 
It was all about yeah, like I mean, learning how to like too. learn an Apple II and then like yeah. never use that again. Yep. Yeah. I had one of those too, but when I learned how to type, my parents had a typewriter at home, so that's how I learned. Um, it's it's a really really satisfying feeling. Oh, but yeah, anyway, it is. I would uh, I would have played a G typing game a thousand percent. I mean, I don't know if this thing was like released here or not, so that's the thing. Oh, I doubt it. I, I, none of the games were, so I doubt that it would have been. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, weirder things have happened. It's true. I'm actually really glad that you like this though. Um, like I, I know it's not going to be like your favorite anime, but because it does have such a special place for me, yeah, like, well, yeah. I'm excited that you didn't hate it because that would have been really. Well, I mean, upsetting. like I've seen other clamp stuff, so it's not like this is like out of the ballpark for me. That's true. So, <laughs> and also, like I know, like I, I trust your taste and everything. So, like even if you, were, if you're like, hey, I like this. This is good. I'll be like, okay, yeah, that's something I would probably check out. Yeah, I mean. You were laughing because my watch list on Verve is pretty much like everything you've recommended for me. <laughs> it's true. I, kept, I was like, that, yeah, okay, yeah. Wait, that? Oh, I guess I recommended that to you? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was like, it was Chobits and like something else was on there that like, it was the only things that I hadn't recommended to you. <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of Korean drama. Yeah. Welcome to Alabama. They put drama fever on Verve. Verve. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they were like in talks with drama fever on Verve when I first signed up for it. Now I'm like, all right, great. So much value for my dollar here. I get crunchy. I get funny. I get freaking drama fever. Like, and then all this other stuff that I'll never watch ever. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's essentially like the best Netflix for me because it's stuff that I'll watch. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, Chobits. Chobits! Chobits. Do we have anything else we should talk about Chobits-wise? I don't think so. I mean, we didn't really like go episode by episode, but I think that'd be really boring. There's a lot of episodes. There are a lot of episodes, and I'll, I'll, like the, we said, the first half of it is like Chi learning how to do things. Yeah. Uh, the, the dub's um, good. The dub is great. There's a lot. There's um, a lot of familiar names. If like you, if you've watched anime from around that time or like from that time to like near like the early 2010s, so like there's a lot of people you will definitely know. Like uh, Michelle Ruff's in this. Mm-hmm. Steve Bloom under an alias. <laughs> That's so weird. Like Wendy Lee, Kristen Freeman. Uh, who else? Who else do I know? Karen Straussman, who, of course, is playing a robot. Of course. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is your Priagus voice. <laughs> but, yeah, like, if you go through, like, the list of people, like, there will be people like, oh, I've seen them from, like, this thing or this thing or this thing. So there's a lot of familiar people in the dub. And it's for the time period specifically, like, you know, dubs around that time aren't great. Yeah, that's one thing I was going to say is that, like, this is a time period where you legitimately had an argument of, like, wow, dubs versus subs, like, not great. Yeah. Um, can't make that argument anymore, guys. But at this point, you could. And this And is this fine. dub was legitimately a very, very good dub. Yeah. You could, you could do impressed. way worse for this time period. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. And especially just with the, with the names involved, like, you're going to get something good, so... Yeah. Um, so I was happy when I watched the dub last year that it's weird to say last year. Uh that it was as good as it was. It's still surprising to me it took you that long to watch the dub. Yeah, I just have a hard time watching anime. Well yeah, okay, true. I guess before we became friends <laughs> you were you really were not watching much of at all. Mm So that would make sense. Yeah, I just, I have a hard time of, like, sitting down, focusing, watching something that, like, takes my attention, so. Right. That's why. And now I've completely ruined you. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess if, uh, if you're interested, this is on Funimation's streaming service, both the the Japanese and English. 
And I think they have the first four episodes, at least of the English sub, that you can watch on their website for free if you just want to check it out mm-hmm. and see if you'd be interested in, in it or not. But you should give it a go. It's 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 good. I liked it. Yay. Thumbs up. It is good. <laughs> and I think that's going to wrap this episode up like a bow. Yep. Or like in toilet paper. <laughs> that too. Wrapped up like yeah. a mummy. I mean, I guess it's not toilet paper, but it looks like it. It does. If you want more from us, go to seasonalanimatecheckup.com or sac.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast where there's a bunch of there's a bunch of episodes. They're, they span all the, the talks. I mean, as of this episode, there will be 58, so. It's true. It's a solid number of episodes <laughs> that you could potentially watch. Or listen to. Watch, listen to. <laughs> I do that a lot, so. Uh, there's also other podcasts as well in there where you can check out the mainline season anime checkup and Jared and I watch Sailor Moon Crystal where we watch Sailor Moon Crystal. Hey! Hey! And you can find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you want more from Anladium, go to anladium.com where you can find columns and reviews from her. They're pretty good. Yay! I'm there. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup where we get all the tweets and all the Twitters. All of them. And you can support this podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. If you are so inclined to do so, it'd be real cool if you did. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. So next week, we're going to do the episode that we talked about doing this week. But now we're going to do it next week. Uh, We're going to talk about, like we said last week, we're going to talk about real life. Yep. We'll talk about the anime. I'll talk a little bit about the manga. Maybe I'll be like, hey, Al, what do you think is going to happen with the rest of this manga? It'll be a fun Q&A session. It'll pretty much just be me saying shrug shoulders. Shrug shoulders. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that, and hopefully, I don't know, I doubt it'll change. <laughs> I can't think of why it would, yeah. but stranger things have happened. That is, I'll give you a 95% guarantee that this is going to happen next week. Yeah. 